We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast Trade Deadline Day Edition. I'm your host for the night, Nick, joined by Teddy P. Hey, I don't even have a good intro for this one. Exciting day. Exciting day. All days with no intro, Taylor. Also joined by Jacob Niffen. What's up? We are proudly part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. When it comes to YouTube, like, subscribe. We'd appreciate it very much. The channel's growing, and we want you to grow with us. Uh, fellas, to, to start this off, um, I kind of want to give everybody a lens of the trade deadline from the uncontested point of view. I want to walk through where we were, what we were doing, initial thoughts for each of these deals today. Before we do that, though, we talked about it a little bit last night. I want to get your guys' perspective on what you thought entering the day. So starting with when you woke up this morning, unless you woke up really, really late, nothing had happened yet. Things did get rolling early in the morning, but when we woke up, at least for me, no deals had happened yet. So entering the day, you wake up, grab your phone. First thing you do is check for trades, nothing. What are you actually expecting the Thunder to do? Like I said last night on the show, I... What I expected didn't happen. I thought we would get a Poku trade, and that might just be at Poku in a couple of seconds or something like that. Um, Poku's still on this team, boys. Uh, so the the thin towers survive another deadline. <laughs> Lives on, but uh, that that is what I expected. I didn't want to get my hopes up that something big would happen. So I was aiming kind of small. I was aiming like. Maybe it's a Poku trade. Maybe it's a Trey Man trade. Maybe it's the two of them together. Um, now that the trade has happened, it's like, oh, yeah, of course they were going to make that deal. But uh, I was expecting a smaller move. I think for me, 
mine was even more like league wide because I wake up like to your point, Nick. And the first thing I do is check for the rumors because I knew mm-hmm. all those people were going to <laughs> poor Jacob. He, he predicted all these uh, comments in the chat for those of you not on the live stream. Jacob's not wearing a hat. Um, I think you look great, Jacob. Dan came on and said, we lost Trey and Niffin's hair on the same night. <laughs> Uh, no, one was lost a lot earlier, Dan, but that's okay. I am, I am embracing the baldness. It's all right. Looks great. It does. I, so I checked for the rumors immediately. And the first one, basically all of them I saw, the first one was Chris Haynes saying that DeJounte Murray, the Hawks and the Pelicans are no longer in the conversation. He's likely to stay. Uh, Mark Stein dropped a piece. Literally every single – this wasn't like a knock. This is a knock on Stein, but every single player he touched on, Kyle Kuzma, Murray, there's like a couple others. Like, yeah, they're most likely to stay with their teams. And then I saw uh, Michael Scotto was on there. He had he even mentioned the Thunder and, and mentioned – he went through all 30 teams. And so, like, the Thunder, most rival GMs expect them to be patient and wait until the offseason. So I just – I think I even tweeted it out. Like, I expect it to be a very boring deadline. I know there's, like, a lot of national media heads, like, Bill Simmons and Rosillo, who were so disappointed that they didn't get the all-star like trade, flashy trade, but it was a very busy day of trades, a very busy deadline. Yeah. For me, sorry. No, go ahead. No, no, no. You go first. So I said last night, for the record, I lost a bet to Silva. Silva said 100% chance (laughs) a trade happens, Um, an Oklahoma City trade, that is. And uh, it sure did. We'll get to that in a second. I said 60, and, and really the majority of that 60, like I said last night, was. I thought it would be some kind of unique trade, like a kick the can down the road kind of trade or a helping facilitate something else. Um, and that did happen as well. So I was technically right, but I didn't bet on that. Um, trade was certainly facilitated. Oh my goodness. Gracious. We should kick you off the pod. Um, but one of the first, tra- I don't know, was Buddy first or was Oklahoma City's trade first? Buddy was first. Buddy was first. Okay. So Buddy Heald kind of kicks things off. And as these things go, it seems like these trades come in waves. It'll be like three or four at once. Then it gets kind of quiet. And then a couple more come. So Buddy's the first trade to Philly. Makes sense. Philly needs a shooter. Philly needs more scoring than just Tyrese Maxey, especially with Joel Embiid out. And then we get a notification. I think the first one I saw said that the team, Oklahoma City, was like closing in on a deal for Gordon Hayward. So no, nothing around the package. Maybe we pause there. Did you guys see that initial tweet before the package was announced? And if so, did you have any like guesses or hypothesis around what the trade was? So a little peek behind the curtain. I have, for those of you who are like new to the pod, I've been a teacher for the past 10 years. I would say, guys, five years ago, I started just burning personal leave on this day because it's the most unproductive day of the work year for me, uh, by far, I just don't do anything. I just scroll my phone whenever I walk the teacher. Uh, today was video day, like 100%. You just come in and a video plays and you take some notes. Like Niffin's going to be on his phone scrolling the deadline day. So I decided to start taking time off. I'm not in the classroom anymore. Today, um, I'm still in education though. Today, I had a meeting with some partners uh, down at OU for some stuff we were doing. My meeting was from nine to 10. And so I said, and for context, the trade dropped at 9.43, I think it was. Yep. So I said, I'm going to go to my meeting because that's important. Taking PTO the rest of the day. I am in a meeting with a dean of a college and like a handful of other people discussing like this event we're planning. 
And my phone vibrates multiple times. I'm like, what the hell? And I pull out you my knew. phone and I just looked at it real quick and I saw Shams Hayward, Oklahoma City. And I was like, this son of a bitch, Sam Presti. <laughs> you couldn't have waited like 30 minutes, my guy. When was the last time he made a trade on deadline day that wasn't up until like the buzzer, you know? Yeah, like last year, the the Darius Baisley deal came across around like noon because I went yeah. and got Brahms right Later after. I remember that vividly. Uh, You'll never forget the Darius Baisley trade. Imagine yes. of all the trades. Uh, it was time. And that Brahms slapped too. So, but yeah, I was just like, bro, come on, Sam. I took PTO at 10. You trade this son of a bitch at 943. <laughs> that was one of the first things I, I obviously we were talking about it quickly in the in our uncontested group message that we have. And then I immediately added Jacob. I was like, this dude took off after 10 to be able to enjoy the trade at deadline. And of course, Presty makes a trade before he's technically off. Um I was not expecting it either. I'd gotten to work, kind of gotten settled in. And then usually about 9.30, I go and grab yeah. coffee. Yeah. Uh, and so I actually walked across the street to one of my favorite spots. Like, this seems like a good time to do that. I'm literally walking across the street and my phone starts blowing up too. And I pull it up and it's like, oh my God. So I'm just standing outside of this coffee shop, like an idiot, just scrolling through my phone, retweeting and like messaging you guys. So that's how I found out about it. So always, Silva obviously didn't make it to the bathroom because it was a bit earlier than he expected. <laughs> Um, but Taylor, did, so did you see the initial tweet before the package was announced? Or was your first time seeing it when the, the, the framework was already kind of out there? No, I, I was lucky. And I saw it like literally about a minute after Shams tweet, the initial tweet that the thunder were closing in on a deal to acquire Gordon Hayward. And then we just kind of waited for a bit. And so then, did, did you, did you try guessing or did your brain not process it fast enough? Like what, what was going through your head? Uh, like, oh my gosh, this is actually happening. We we actually discussed this on the podcast. I can't believe it. This never happens. Kind of to your point last, uh, last night, Nick, on our group pod, you're like, it's going to be somebody off the radar, like Jock Landell. And I like, I totally agreed. It's like, this one actually makes sense. And we've been talking about it a little bit. And, but by the time I had like kind of shared tweets with you all and had mm -hmm. a bunch of group texts and stuff going, my phone's blowing up. That's when Woj comes in with some additional details. And yep. as you all know, or are well aware, it was not the full details. Yep, sure but he was it. saying they're going to acquire Gordon Hayward uh, around a package of Trey Mann and Davis Bertons. Yep. And so like Thunder Twitter, all of us are just like, oh my gosh, that's all it took? Like what a trade. Yeah. And then obviously so, there's some additional details. I think that's, that's an interesting thing to discuss. I think everything's relative, right? A, a player's production you're going to say he's good or bad, generally relative to his contract. Like a max guy, you expect more than a minimum guy. Same with trade packages. Like I think, as Taylor alluded to, for those that haven't seen this or maybe just like saw it all late, what ultimately was sent out for Gordon Hayward was not the initial package that was reported. I think if initially the entire package was reported, um, maybe some of the sentiment would be different because that's all you know. Like that's what it took. Whereas when it's a smaller package and then all of a sudden later it's like, but wait, there's more Then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, maybe you don't like me all the time. Nick. Um, <laughs> good grief. I can't say any other fun. Uh, <laughs> so initial deal, as Taylor said, was Bertans and Trey man, which felt like nothing like Trey man, to be fair. Um, I think he's one of those guys that like in Oklahoma city covering him. He's a guy that we kind of knew is traded, but maybe the other teams, other fan bases, it's like, Oh, this 
this uh, former first round pick, 23 years old, that just turned 23. And he, the highlights you see on Twitter is him dunking on people and step back, breaking ankles. He probably is an attractive piece to other fan bases. And I'm sure Charlotte fans are, are loving that he's coming. Um, initial package, smaller, comes out later. So I guess for more context, the money doesn't work with just Bertans and man. So we were all speculating like Poku or um, around the same time, Dallas was trading for Daniel Gafford, but they needed additional draft compensation. And it was reported that Oklahoma city was going to help. So you started like to have this idea of like, maybe that's like a three or a four team trade. And um, that's how you're going to get around the money, not working. Maybe yep. like someone from Washington's coming to Oklahoma city, or maybe someone from Charlotte's coming to Oklahoma city, or maybe one of the pieces, like there, there's all these different things going through our head. I think everyone thought big picture is probably Poku though. Ends up being Meechich. So we no longer have the Meech. I think Jacob did that. Meech. Pour one out for Big Meech, big folks. Meech. I think uh, I'm Big Meech. Him and two second round picks, right? That's the total package for Gordon Hayward. So I want to hear both of y'all's thoughts. Initial package, what's going through your head? Follow up the additional stuff. Did that change your opinion or do you still think it's a great deal? What were your thoughts both times you saw those tweets drop? I was surprised Michich was involved. Um, that caught me a little off guard. I get it. Um, and ultimately, you traded a rotation player for a rotation player, right? Like only one rotation player went out. They also threw in two seconds. Uh, Nick, I know you're like the, the draft guy of the podcast. I, I literally could not give less of a shit about trading two seconds in this deal. You're never going to pick 22 second rounders. Um, so if that's what greases the wheels to get it done, if somebody else was after Hayward or they weren't going to buy him out, uh, if he didn't get traded and you needed to throw two seconds in it, like that's whatever to me. Yeah. Um, Trey Mann, great kid, really great kid. Uh, enjoyed his basketball skill. Um, new dad, shout out to Trey Mann. Mm-hmm. But it was just very clear that he was buried on the bench and was not going to get the opportunity. And so I'm glad he's getting that, that burn, but on court production, you are not losing anything in Trey. Now locker room, you're losing some stuff like Trey, I think was beloved in that locker room. I think back to Shea hitting the game winner in Denver and Trey tweeting, God knew Michael Jordan was my favorite player. So he let me play with him. Yeah. Um, just like, that's like a God tier tweet from a teammate. <laughs> Him and, retain um, the fly to team plane. Like, yeah, he's yeah, yeah. first team all vibes. Yes, one hundred percent. Tweeted out almost immediately after, like, you know, a, a tricky tray with the brownie face. Like, absolutely uh-huh. beloved. So it doesn't really change my opinion on the trade. It's actually a smart little, and we'll get into this in a second. It's a smart little business move too. Um, right. You got off of Berton's money and Voss's money. And now you enter next off season with like 40 million in cap space, which for the record, like the most the Thunder's ever spent in free agency was Patrick freaking Patterson. So I don't think they're going deep sea fishing. And it's not just free agents. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. But it didn't really change my opinion on the move too much to be clear, Nick. Okay. I think taking a step back uh, when I saw Mijic was the one including in the trade. I was pretty surprised just because I think Michich is They've been really, playing good too. Yeah, man. right. It's, 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 and one it's, thing that we mentioned is like, Michich obviously has the IQ. He has the skill, but the speed of the game, the speed of the NBA game, the physicality, 
uh, is something that he was still trying to adjust to. And he's been playing really well. He was playing really well off the bench. Those lineups with him and Dub were some of the best bench lineups in comparison to like when Gideon Dub shared the floor. I was pretty surprised. Like maybe it's just the sweetener that the Hornets needed to get over the finish line. But then there was like this interim period, Nick, and you were all over this. Uh, all three of us actually. Jacob was done at that point with work, and we were we were talking about it. Like, is Grant Williams somehow going to get brought into this? Because Grant Williams was you know mentioned to be traded. I was like, man, if you can get Gordon Hayward and Grant Williams, how crazy would that be? And I was on trade machines trying to make it all work. But in the end, like y'all mentioned, there were two separate trades, and just kind of like what Jacob alluded to, and as we'll get into more specifically. It makes a lot of sense getting off Mitch's guaranteed money in this offseason. I think he's like $7 million this season, something similar next season, and to create that cap space because there's so much you can do with it. That is the reason he was included in this trade. Yeah, I not much more to add to that. Like When you zoom out on the trade, uh, it was Trey Mann, who not in the rotation, awesome Was it, was it going to get extended? Wasn't going to get extended. I think he's a guy that when you look at the guys that don't play, he's probably the one guy that like, if Presty came to me and said, who's one guy that doesn't play that you'd love to see play more probably be Trey just because mm-hmm. he's the fun, flashy style of play. Um, not in the rotation. Great player. Um, I, I think that it, it shouldn't be discounted how good of an asset he actually was like, again, covering the team and like him not being in the rotation, we probably undervalued him a bit, but being the former first round pick and just turned like all the things we mentioned, I think he actually was a pretty solid chip. I, I also want to say this. I don't think Gordon Hay- Hayward was ever getting bought out. If that's what it took to get Gordon Hayward and there's other teams interested, he was never going to get bought out. I, I think that, that that's a guy that and if he did, he wasn't going to come to Oklahoma city. Probably I'll say that. Um, so I, I think it was an awesome trade. Um, so it was man, it was Bertans, also not in the rotation, also a very attractive contract who we'd been saying was basically expiring with like the 5.25 next year guaranteed. Now you got a lot more expiring, so it's a, it's a better cap move mm-hmm. for KC. Um, Vasa, like you guys said, had been playing great. Um, but a lot of guys play great in short stretches. We have short memories. Like he could have some bad games after the all-star break or like, fall out of the rotation again. And all of a sudden we're saying like, Oh, Voss is not an NBA player anymore. You know, it, it's and not to interrupt you, but like we've talked a lot about Josh Kitty being targeted in the playoffs simply because yeah. he's such a core piece of this team. And we think highly of Josh as, as an individual and player. Yeah. We didn't talk about Boston in that context just because he's not on that same level. Like, yeah. can you imagine how he would have been targeted in the playoffs totally. as well? Totally. Defensively yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Defensively. And then, and right. Then agree with Jacob. Two seconds is, is not, um, not, not anything I'm worried about. I want to talk about, Hayward. We talked a lot about outgoing to get Gordon. I want to talk about what he brings, um, the injury stuff. Go ahead, Jacob. Before we get there, can uh, I say something real quick? Uh, yeah, let's hear it. Okay. I've been thinking about this. So I don't know if you guys have done this. I have been listening to like some national pods and I was like watching ESPN today and we retweeted some jackass from tiktok that clemente had posted about um (laughs) everybody upset that the thunder didn't go get a big um i just want to address that for a minute number one i think jalen williams jay will has been playing really good but number two just 
some of the stuff I've heard today just shows me that people like have no clue what the hell they're talking about. I was listening to a a national podcast from a very big sports media company that's not ESPN. Just ripping into the thunder. They knew what they needed to go get, and they didn't do it. This is, you know, I know they want to see what they got in the playoffs, but your window wasn't open forever. They got a chance this year. They decided to not go get a big man, which is clearly what they needed. Like, what are they going to do when they run into someone in the playoffs, like Nikola Jokic? Give me just a second, guys, because I pulled these stats up. Do you know who led the league in the playoffs last year in total points? Jokic. Most ever, I think. Do you know who led the playoffs last year in total rebounds? Jokic. Jokic. <laughs> Do you know who led the league last year in the playoffs in total assists? I'm sensing a theme here. Jokic. Or win shares. Nikola Jokic, last year in the playoffs, first round, he went up against Rudy Gobert. Second round, he played against uh, DeAndre Ayton. Third hmm. round, he went up, uh, the conference finals, went up against Anthony Davis. And then in the finals, he played against Bam Adebayo. Yeah. We would all say those are some pretty damn good defenders. Yeah. This man averaged 30 points, 13 and a half rebounds, 10 assists, a steal, and a block, shooting 55, 46, 80%. Who the hell were you going to go get today that's going to guard Jokic in the playoffs? And if you say Andre Drummond, drop your address so I can come to your house and strangle the shit out of you. Oh, my God. Anthony Davis wasn't available. He got his ass whipped last year by Jokic. Bam Adebayo's not available. He got his ass whipped by Jokic. Like, what are we talking about here? They need to go get a big. What, is Jackson Hayes going to stop somebody? The Thunder are number one in the West right now. They beat Jokic three out of four times. I know Jokic didn't play one of those. Don't come at me. <laughs> they have a style of play. Like, to say that they, this dude on TikTok said, go get Vucevic. Go get, uh, I don't know, he said, Kyle Kuzma's, what the hell's Kyle Kuzma going to do against <laughs> Nikola Jokic? <laughs> going to get put in the damn rim. That's what he's going to do. Well, Chet can't guard him. Who can? <laughs> Nobody. Honestly, it, Chet does a better job than most. It, Jada? It, it pisses me off so bad that these people with these massive platforms just get on the screen, spread their ass cheeks, and talk straight out of their butt. <laughs> and people just, like, run with it. Like, watch the games, bro. I'm done. I agree. No, it, it's, that it's was fantastic. Good, <laughs> let's, let's, good... let, let's go to a break before we continue. Yeah, no, before we do, it's a good point. Um... The, the centers available on the market, um, even the, the best available center on the market is probably going to be a backup center as well. So, like, probably not playing more than 16 to 20 minutes against against a Jokic anyways. All right, we'll cut to a break. We'll be back. We'll talk more. Gordon Hayward. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are back. Uh, I have a question to kick this off. Okay. So we we just talked about the three guys outgoing um, to get Hayward along with the two picks. Um, the elephant in the room, Gordon Hayward's injury concerns, right? Mm-hmm. I think we can touch on that here in a second. Before we do have a question for y'all, okay? The three guys outgoing from OKC, how many total minutes do you think they've played this year? Total minutes. Um, behind. So, Taylor, let's try to do the math here. I'm going to say Trey Mann has played 50 minutes. Yeah. Total. I'm going to say Bertans has played. Would you give him another 10 because of I, spot I was gonna minutes? Say 70. Yeah. So that's so 120. 20. Okay. Micic, he's been playing pretty consistently for the past 20. Let's say 10 a game. So that's 200. I say we go 300 total minutes. That's my guess. I like that. Mecca, made a little aggressive too. I think that's, I like that. You guys actually undershot it quite a bit. Um, oh, I'm going to, I thought it was aggressive. No, no, no. <laughs> um, totals we have, uh, I'm going to sort the team by minutes. So Bertans, uh, outside of Poku, the, I guess, including Poku, he's a full time NBA guy. Second, fewest minutes at 91. Three Bertans was 91. Okay. Wow. Next up, third from the bottom, um, ahead of Poku and Bertans, was Trey Mann at 119 through 13 games. Okay. Mitch we was, was the highest. He's played 30 games, third, 361 minutes. So, okay. Mitch, I think, was the guy oh, that we've, yeah. we've all said has played better of late. But, like, you look at Mann and Bertans, they played 13 and 15 games, respectively, for like right around 100 minutes. Just not rotation guys, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Gordon sure. Hayward does have injury concerns. Like, Full stop. It's not played since like the day after Christmas. He's it last. Uh, Are you going to have seasons, us guess how many minutes he's played? I am. I am. But the, <laughs> okay. the last four seasons before this average, like 49 games. I know some of those are shortened. Um, he's played 25 games this year. How many minutes do you think Gordon Hayward's played? This season? He only, season. his last game was December 26th. Mm-hmm. So that gave him, uh, did that give him 25 games? 25. Is that on the nose? Yeah, I said that already. Oh, Ooh, well like, done. I, 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 sorry. Okay. Still. Yeah. 25 say, games. I bet he played 20 minutes a game, Taylor. That's exactly what I just calculated so, out. That's uh, I taught history, not dot. math, so I don't know 20 times 25. Is that 500, four, 500 minutes? Dot. Okay. You're also shooting very low. Uh, wow. 32 minutes a game before he got hurt. Oh. Holy smokes. So like 30, <laughs> I didn't realize that. One and a half the year before, 32 the year before, 34 the year before, 33 and a half the year before. Maybe that's why he's hurt all the time. Plays a lot of minutes. Um, so he played a total this season. Let me pull up the, the totals again. 
so to recap the the three guys outgoing which was mostly Michich, 571 minutes incoming gordon hayward the injury prone guy 798 minutes so wow all that to say yes he's injury prone but like when you zoom out and look at total production like everyone gets caught up in like points per game but like at the end of the day 82 game season how many points did you score total like if you you can average 20 points a game for 13 games but you only still only you didn't give your team that many points over the season um he's played more than three guys outgoing even with injury concerns so I, just to the frame of reference that whole situation the guys that were sent out have played less combined than a guy that's quote unquote injury prone and never plays and just so, for reference in those 25 games he played this year mm-hmm. 14 and a half points five basically five rebounds five assists and a steal shooting 47 percent from the field 36 percent from three uh 50% overall he is a career 37% three point shooter um hasn't been that great in charlotte have a feeling he's going to get more open looks than he's seen in the past 4 years with Agreed. oklahoma city unlimited minutes one thing that i, I think limited minutes i saw it earlier well it, sorry more limited minutes than the okay. 32 per game that he was playing i, don't like, think I thought he was 32. playing 20 also i could see 20 a night for him but i think i think 20 a night as well so he's he missed 25, played 25 essentially this season. He's missed 114 games since the start of the 2020 2021 season, but again, much more limited role in comparison to what he w- was playing at Charlotte. So I think that's something to keep in mind as well. Definitely, yeah, I think the 20, especially as we ramp up into the postseason, like 25 minutes per game is oh, see, I, I think when we get to the playoffs, this guy's playing 30, yeah, especially when you don't, yeah. I mean, I mean, this naturally rotation is shortened, so there's going to be Yeah, I have some takes on this. We'll we'll get there. Yeah, okay. So, um, incoming, we address the elephant in the room. He is injury prone. When he's not injured, he's still pretty freaking good. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your perception of him as a player when he is healthy, when he is on the court. He's 33 years old, but he still has some value. There's um, finally someone on this team, Nick, that is older than Justin and I. That is a good point. That's a very good point. He's also like 12, 11 years older than Usman Jang, mm-hmm. which is freaking nuts. He's Clemente, I think, tweeted this. He's uh, closer to age uh, with Mark than he is with Shea. With Shea, yeah. Pretty nuts. Um, I'll start with you guys. On court production when he's healthy, like what, what things about Gordon Hayward do you like? Taylor, I don't know about you. He's kind of the. Does a little bit of everything, guy. He can handle, he can shoot, he can pass. He's never a I need to get mine type of guy. He like plays within the system. Um, he can defend. He's gonna be the third biggest rotation guy. Well, maybe I guess fourth, because I think Jalen Williams is like Six, Jay, Jay Will. Or... Well, Jay, I'm talking Jay Will, both Jalen oh, Williams. Gotcha. I think um because he's bigger than J Dub. J Dub's yeah. like six he five. Oh, sorry, yeah, six he's, five. He's, yeah. he's six seven, two twenty-five. Yeah. He's bigger than Kenrich. He's bigger than Aaron Wiggins. Like he is gonna be the go-to big wing when they need him. Like if he was on this team a week ago, he would have been the guy guarding Laurie Markin the other night. I feel pretty mm-hmm. confident about that. Mm-hmm. Agreed. That is something that's underrated about his game. Obviously, this has been impacted due to the injuries. We all know about the horrific injury in Boston and then since then he's battled just some small off and on injuries. But he is a decent enough defender. I'm not going to call him like a great defender. Um, 
but he uses his size to be able to guard pretty well one-on-one. He struggles sometimes when you get him in like pick and roll and, and those off-ball situations. But to have his size and strength to be able to battle with some of those wings, the threes and the fours in the league, I think it's going to be pretty critical. But the other thing... Taylor, I think he's going to play small ball five some too. Oh, that's interesting. That's right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And I'm curious to get your guys' takes on lineups. But the other thing that stands out to me is the three-point shooting. 36.9% three-point shooter on his career, making 36.1% this season on 4.7 attempts per game. Get him up, like baby. That's, and the catch and shoot. This is from Ryland Stiles tweeted this out after the trade, but 42.7% on catch and shoot uh, three-point attempts. Can you imagine what that's going to look like instead of no offense to the mellow ball, even though he hasn't been playing a lot. Instead of the Charlotte Hornets guards, <clears throat> it's J-Dub, Shea, sometimes Josh Giddy, whoever it may be, getting him those open looks. Like that is a huge and critical piece for this team. Yeah. I, I, this I wanted season, Justin to make a get ready to learn small ball center, buddy. Me. <laughs> this season, 28% of his threes have come from the corner. He shoots 42% on those. That's great. And he'll get a lot of those. And he's going to get, he's going to get corner threes. Yeah. I just think when you think about the way the thunder play, he fits like to me, he is the older Denny Avdia. And I know people are going to make fun of me because I'm just like the Denny Stan. I get it. But the guy that does a little bit of everything, a little more polished, but also older. So there's like downside to it as well. Previous all-star has played on really good teams. I think is going to fit the locker room like a glove. Um, like I, I, if he stays healthy, huge if. Mm-hmm. Like, I tweeted it today, guys. I don't know how you feel about this. I think there's a chance that before the end of the regular season, he's in the starting five. And I think you're going to have a regular closing five now. That's, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm more... I, don't, I could care less who starts the damn game. Like, that is, that's the most overrated thing on earth is who started the game. Agreed. I think. That's fair. I think they've got a closing five, though, for sure. Agreed. I agree. And I think the thing that I love the most about that, like specifically to the closing five, is you have so many options now. Hayward could obviously be that guy, but sometimes in like game three of the first round of the playoffs, maybe you go with Isaiah Joe instead. Yeah. Like you have all this well, versatility also, and options. If you close with Hayward, that allows you to slide J Dub down a bit. He can True. guard the three instead of the four. Um, they can put Gordon on the bigger wing and they can put J Dub on the smaller wing or they want, or on one of the guards, if they want just allows the lineup to be defensively be way more versatile. Yeah. Um, a couple things on Gordon from like a on court perspective. Um, first off, I think he's a top five passer on the team instantly. I'd agree with that. Um, positional rebounding, like, all the gripes I see on Twitter, like the pushback on why he's a great fit. Someone today tweeted at me and said, these three stats have declined four straight years. I'm like, yeah, he's 33 years old. That's kind of yeah. what happens. It doesn't yeah, mean he's a, the Charlotte Hornets. We're not saying he's an all-star anymore. He's a one-time all-star. We're not saying he's that guy anymore, uh, but he's still a good player. Uh, good positional rebounder, like almost five rebounds a game. Solid in Oklahoma city. That's actually pretty damn phenomenal. Um, I still think he has more juice than people want to give him credit for and like athleticism. I think 
if you haven't watched the Hornets or him in a long time and, and like you have this perception of injuries and yada, 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 you might think he's like this, this hobbled, you know, old guy that can't really get around. He's not Clay Thompson. Like this dude this year has had some dunks that are like 33 years old doing that. Like he still has some, some pop to his game. Um, he's only played, where's it? You may be a negative. We talk about experience and like, he's been there and he has, he's played a lot of games. Only 29 playoff games. Not that that's a slight. Like, that's probably the most on this Thunder roster. I mean, he had to go up against the Thunder 1.0 for the majority of his career in Utah, right? Yeah. (laughs) But only 29 playoff games is kind of surprising to me. Um, I'm going to harp on this a lot. So I'm going to get this out there on the air now, and we're going to talk about it a lot. I think with Shea and Dub pre-existing, with Chet kind of – getting better at this facet of the game and bringing in Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward is great in the mid range. Like when he self creates for himself, he's really, really good at getting to like that 12 to 16 foot area and like pump faking and stepping through and floater and, and follow a jumper with him, Shea, dub and Chet. Like this is the mid range team of the year. And I think as we finish the regular season into the playoffs, like there's going to be dialogue about this team in Oklahoma City and their mid-range shooting. Did they, in the way that the Warriors, maybe it's taking it too far, but I don't care. We're in crazy on this podcast. Yeah, in the yeah, way yeah. that the Warriors revolutionized the modern NBA with the three-point shooting and spacing, are the Thunder bringing the mid-range back and the transition be. back? The other thing, to your point, uh, something that I was thinking of when you were saying a lot of those things, like especially the dunks, Nick. Those dunks are coming in transition, and this is also from Ryland that same tweet. Not uh, all of them. Hey, not all of them. There, he actually has some half court dunks okay. that are like okay, off drives. Okay. That's exciting. One point two six four points per possession in transition, which is pretty incredible, as well as like even more than that. One point, basically one point four uh, points per possession on cuts. And like, what have I said on this podcast for forever now? This team is at their best when they're pushing the ball, pushing the pace in transition, and they use their versatility there. It doesn't have to be getting just easy buckets and getting to the rim and transition. It's also kicking out to open shooters and getting three point attempts that way. Gordon yeah. Hayward is another one of those guys that can rip the ball off the rim and then be able to push in transition. And that's where I love how he fits his team. And then if he's trailing or something, you have a wide open Gordon Hayward for three. Like there's so much that he brings to this team that just fits perfectly with the big disclaimer. So long as he's healthy. Yeah. Uh, with him, like I think the, the interesting thing we talked a lot last night or maybe I, maybe I just did about having a play finisher, like a guy that you've, you've got a lot of table setters, someone like Aaron Wiggins that like, he just makes his money off cutting and being a smart player and catch and shoot being a play finisher. Gordon Hayward can be that Gordon Hayward can also be like, kind of like J dub is the guy that when Shay's out, he can create for himself and score. Gordon has some of that too. I, I don't think Gordon at this stage in his career is J dub level of self creation, generating his own buckets, but he still can. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. I think he's that perfect guy that can be like the, the, the secondary, like we mentioned at the top of the pot, he can also create for himself. I just think he's, he's a great, he's going to be like the fourth, probably the fourth option. Fourth if we're talking yeah. about the starting lineup yeah, Right. Yeah. And then also, I, I mean, we've talked about, we flirted with the <clears> talk about like rotations and stuff. Really curious your guys' thoughts on this, because obviously Mitch is gone and was starting to get some of those uh, ball handling duties in the second unit alongside dub. We seeing a little more Josh in that situation. Like, do we see more Gordon and Dub with that second unit? Is it Josh and Gordon? Is it 
Josh, you know, it, what is it? Does Josh get moved primarily to that second unit and he's in a more comfortable position being on ball? And maybe that's better for the team as a whole. Like, these are all the thoughts that have been going through my head. I'm curious yeah, your all sure. thoughts on it. Well, and I think also, Taylor, I can even maybe a question that transitions into that is who sees the biggest minutes change from these moves today? Like Nick mentioned, you don't have a lot of minutes going out. I don't think Gordon Hayward is going to play as many minutes as he did in Charlotte. But where do, does the minute fluctuation come in? Do they do they play a shorter rotation? Um, like I could see Gordon taking Kenrich Williams minutes, who I think we all agree has, in comparison to last year, has underperformed. Right? I could see Gordon taking Kenrich Williams minutes. I could see Gordon, um, I don't know, maybe eating into a little bit of Aaron Wiggins minutes. I could see Kaysen Wallace minutes going up now that Micich isn't on the team anymore. Uh, I, I think how they balance this is going to be interesting. Yeah, I, 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 th- I don't think we'll know for a bit. And I think as we start to think we know, it's all going to change because the playoffs will come around and it's all going to be mixed mm-hmm. up again. Uh, 31 games is all we have left, which is kind of crazy. Like this season is flown by. It's been a crazy. Um, hey, let me ask you guys this. Yeah. Gordon was upgraded to questionable the other night with his calf injury. Didn't mm-hmm. play. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. He wouldn't play right before the trade deadline. Yep. Zach Lowe on ESPN said that he believes he's heard that Gordon may be ready to play immediately, meaning Saturday against mm-hmm. Dallas. Uh, granted, he, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming the whole team is in OKC right now. I'm assuming Gordon, if he's not already here at the recording of this podcast, 9.46 p.m. on Thursday, he'll be here tomorrow. Tomorrow morning. It's my guess. I agree. They'll get the physical done. They'll get everything taken care of. If he is healthy and cleared to play, they have three games before the All-Star break. They have Dallas, mm-hmm. and then the second night of a back-to-back, back in OKC against the Kings. And then Tuesday, I believe it's Tuesday, uh, out in Orlando. How many total minutes does he play if he's healthy and cleared to go? If he's not healthy and they say, we're going to let the calf rest through the All-Star break and then we'll inject him into the lineup, different story. But if like we get practice reports tomorrow and Hayward's there and they say, he's ready to go. We're, like He's going to play on Saturday. Total minutes over the next three before the All-Star break. What do you think? Why don't you set the over-under, please? You want me to set the over-under? Okay. Jake is going to be high because he's like, he was convinced at the beginning that he's going to play Saturday. He I'm thinks a little this more is, skeptical this is, this is This is his, like, Denny coping. This is his older is. version of I, Denny. I think, yes, that's yeah. a great point. I, I would put the over-under at 40 and a half. 13 okay. minutes a game. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking if he doesn't play Saturday he flirt with like the 16 minutes per game on that back-to-back to finish out before all. And maybe they sit him on a back-to-back, but if they play him all three, I think he's getting close to 15 a game. I would go over. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I'm going to go. Okay. This is going to contradict per usual. I don't think uh, I could. I think he probably could have played days, if not weeks ago, but Charlotte was doing what Charlotte should have, where it's like, if we're going to trade this guy, we're not going to play him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think and, it's ironic. Aside, Charlotte like maybe had the best. Uh, they had a great deadline, and they're finally yeah. pivoting in the direction they should have like years ago. I think this is great. Good for yeah. Charlotte. I I don't <laughs> think it's ironic that he became questionable right before the deadline, signaling to teams that he's hey, 
almost back. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I like there's so many hiccups. Like he, he's got to get a uh, like medical stuff done with both teams before he actually comes. It's a road game. It is a couple days from now. Even if he's in Dallas on Saturday, does he play the second out of the back to back? Like you mentioned, um, there's just too many factors for me to like sit here and think he plays all three. And even if he plays two, does he hit that 40? I'm going to go under, but I think it's a I'm, good number that you put it at. Just for clarification purposes, Nick, I'm saying if he plays in all three. Okay. That's, that's what Vegas works. Fair but disclaimer. I, I agree with your disclaimer. Okay. Thank you. Um, Nick and I are gambling degenerates. Uh, I'm, I'm certainly not. I'm a smart gambler. So that's what they all say. Nick. Still so two more big topics with Hayward that I want to touch on. Um, one is the contract and we'll get to that here in a second. Uh, the other is holistically on the day, the big names that were traded where Hayward kind of falls on the, the hierarchy of the biggest splash, like the best player. So I know we haven't touched much on list. like around the league stuff and we, and we will, you know, assuming we have the time after we finish up the OKC stuff, I think most of our listeners are here for thunder. So we don't get to a whole lot of around the league. That's okay. Um, none of the trades today were huge, frankly, like there was not a, like you could almost say there. I, I would any... argue the biggest one was the Knicks Detroit move. Yeah. You know, and that, that, that's my, that's my question. And, and the question is not biggest move. Cause the Knicks, the Knicks trade was like multiple solid players individual players i don't think there was a single like top four on any team they went to type trade i think it was all like borderline starter slash bench depth there was no depth true pieces. like star yep. or top three four got traded um i think pj washington was a big name buddy heel was a big name um William bogdanovich was a big name i guess you could say alec burks since he was in that that same trade um who else were some of the big ones that were top of mind for you guys? Daniel Royce O'Neal to the Suns. Yeah, Royce O'Neal. Honorable mention. Royce O'Neal. That's in the same category. So I think that's the, all, all, all in the same kind of family of player where it's like, yeah, I could, I, could, I could see them making a, a, a difference on this team, but they're not going to be like the difference on the team. So, and I'm not talking, like, I think if you compared like PJ to Gordon Hayward, there's a reason that PJ fetched a larger package than Gordon because he's not expiring. He's no, a he's younger player. He's going to be on the team longer. He's still going to get One of better. them was starting on that team. One of them wasn't. Yeah, no, for sure. True. For sure. Uh, and Gordon, to be fair, has has been a starter like forever. Like, I don't think Gordon's ever been like a primary bench player ever in his entire career. Um, what if he's not when he gets to OKC? He may not be. Um, <laughs> all that said, all that said, <laughs> take, take, take like today who is the most impactful player traded that's going to help their team today, assuming they're healthy. Um, you got PJ, you got Buddy, you got Boyan, you got um, Kelly, you got Gordon. Like, where does he rank? Like, what, what, was, was, the he the, only, was he the most impactful player traded today? Is my question. The only I, I would, other I, disclaimer is that that you didn't mention is we're talking today specifically and not the trade not OG, as not whole. Pascal. Yes, yes exactly. Today. Today. Exactly. Today. exactly. I would put him one or two. I think Boyan in New York is actually pretty big, especially with New York's injuries right now uh, to OG Ananobi and to Julius Randle. Uh, to kind of help them to study, yeah, to help them steady the ship a bit, uh, get some more offense infused in there. Um, I'd put him right there, though. Especially and I would for add, what he's going to come in and do for this team. 
like we've talked a lot about how Casey Wallace has the six most minutes on this team per game. I think that's about to change. I would add Buddy Hill just to the same tier, the same conversation, because oh, of the impact player he is. He's younger, and I think he's going to be great for the Sixers. But I think what we're getting at is like we're talking about a former all-star still playing at a high level when he's healthy. And the role that he could potentially play if he is healthy with his team is significant. We're talking, to your point, Nick, like mm-hmm. Boyan may not be a top four, top five rotation piece for the Knicks. Based off the trades that happened today, with the Thunder, Gordon Hayward will be if he's healthy. So I think Gordon Hayward's closing playoff games for this team. If I healthy. think if that's the, the case, caveat is so massive. In so 2020 massive. vision, hindsight, etc. But I think, yeah, at the end of the season, we could absolutely be saying that Hayward is the biggest player, biggest, uh, biggest piece that was traded today. If you tell me, if another little box on our YouTube page right here popped up, and it was another Nick from like two and a half months from now. And he hopped on. He said, hey, guys, I got, I got a time machine. I just got done watching uh, game three of the second round of the Oklahoma City Thunder playoff run. Gordon Hayward just played 35 minutes in the game. That would not surprise me in the slightest. The fact hey. that Nick got the time machine and got, for some reason, with a time machine, decided the best use of his time would be to come back to this podcast um, that would surprise me, but Gordon playing 35 <laughs> minutes in the playoff game would not. Hey, I think we forgot about one that happened a couple days ago, guys. Steven Adams to the Rockets. I mean, we said today, buddy. <laughs> yeah, good point. Hey, let's. I was talk, just scrolling and saw let's that. Let's talk like, about. Ooh. Nick mentioned the contract in the summer. Uh, the Rockets, some some Thunder adjacent stuff. Let's jump on all of that, but on the other side of this break. All right, and we're back. Nick, what exactly did you want to talk about? You mentioned the contract earlier for Gordon Hayward. Yeah, I think uh, the cherry on top of all of this, we've, we've talked about like dream scenarios and Gordon playing 35 minutes in the playoffs and closing lineups and all the things he can do, um, the, the potential that he brings to this team, potentially being the, the, the best splash trade today. Um, the flip side of that is he's injured. It doesn't work. He comes here. He doesn't look that great. Other guys are getting minutes over him. He's more he's of like living a in an apartment while his kids and wife are somewhere else. And he wants to get yeah, back to them. Like there's, there's a lot of scenarios where it doesn't work as well. But the good thing is even if tomorrow Gordon Hayward injured himself or decided he didn't want to play basketball anymore and just retired, like worst case scenario, uh, he has a 30 million, 30 plus million, expiring deal that sets Oklahoma city up to have a crap ton of cap flexibility in the off season. And I think Jacob, 40 mil plus 40 mil. Space. That's Jacob a number Bolivia, I have well, Yeah. It, but you have you potentially two rookies coming in. Um, True. All, well, all those things. It, it, it probably be more like at least the flexibility, <laughs> right? Because like with that cap space to what you're getting at, Nick, like after the trade, Later in the day, like probably uh, once I got done with work, I jotted down some notes because I didn't want to lose this when we were going through this. And this is the other flip side of the trade. It's really a win-win because we talked so much about the impact Gordon Hayward could have. But if he doesn't, you're not losing anything necessarily. We talked about the players going out, but $40 in cap space. That doesn't include any players you would potentially be sending out. What you're getting at, Nick, we've talked about Isaiah Joe Nair Wiggins. 
You can use that cap space to negotiate extensions with, with each of them, two players that have big impact on this team this season and moving forward. The other rookies coming in. But the other thing is that's a ton of cap space to be able to go after a big time doesn't have to be a superstar, but a role player, a, a perfect four man, a younger Gordon Hayward with all the picks that Presti's put together. And that's you're a, talking that's a trade. A, a talking, yeah, for, right, a trade. That a trade where you include, don't need a match salary because you're below yeah. the. And salary I don't want to go on another because we've apparently become the the Josh Giddy hater podcast. But like, if you decide to move off Josh Giddy, you have that cap. You can acquire a really good player with those picks in this cap space. Like there's so much opportunity here and so much flexibility that Sam Preston created today. I let think me, that kind of goes unnoticed. Let me riff for a second on that. You go into the off season, Nick, 40, let's say 42 million in cap space. You could make the trade. You could send out a person or just picks. You don't have to match salary. You could go get somebody that makes 20, 25 mil a year, right? Go get that guy. Then you could use the rest of your cap space to negotiate uh, and extend Aaron Wiggins and Isaiah Joe. I think that's probably a big point. There's wouldn't kick till the final summer, though, or the next summer, though, right? Well, so I think you can, they can basically, what the Thunder did with Lou, they can like basically opt them out, sign them to a new contract, or let them roll over to unrestricted free agency the next year. If you extend them, I think they can only get up to 120% of their current contract or like 130%, which is pennies in the NBA. And they're going to be worth more than that. And their agent will say no. But I think you can say, let's forego this last year of your contract and sign you to a new three-year deal. You can do that with the rest of that cap space. Then you're out of cap space. You can sign two rookies with the Rockets and the Utah pick, which we'll talk about those in a second. You can do that over the cap. And then if things work out all right, you could sign Gordon Hayward to like a two-year 20 mil yep. while you're over the cap because you have his bird rights. You just traded for his bird rights. They could get a lot of stuff done this summer with cap space, and it's not going to be a free agent acquisition. A, they've never done that. B, I went and looked at the free agent market. It's garbage. There, there's... It's they're not going to be players unless unless they draft Bronny James and LeBron decides to come to OKC. But so you're saying this Wiggins, it's like they decline the club option and and sign him to a new deal instead of correct. Because if you extend him, I think he can only get 135 percent of what he's he's currently making, making, which would be like three and a half million. And Wiggins agents going to say no, obviously. Same with Isaiah Joe. Something you brought up there, Jacob, is like negotiating get both a new of those contract. Guys on like three for thirty. Get them yeah. on like a, almost like a Kenrich Williams deal. And you mentioned Hayward ne- renegotiating with him. I mean, that could be a sign trade too. That brings mm-hmm. in another player. And you can do that picks. while you're over the cap, right? A lot, a lot of, of options this summer. Yeah, which is a good summer to have it because the next summer, I mean, that's when the money matters. Chet and J Dub are up the next summer for extensions. They'll have one more year at that low cost, that rookie cost. Mm-hmm. They're both getting maxed. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. I think that and if if for some reason the Thunder was to become this destination that some big name wanted to come to, I'm not talking like a, like a superstar, but like a Dylan Brooks caliber player that's out there that's like, oh, he'd be a good rotation piece. Um, they'd probably want to do a deal that's like a two-year deal, not a three-year deal. Mm-hmm. 
For sure. Um, we haven't really talked about the Dallas trade much. Thunder got off the second worst pick that they own in this draft. So they now no longer basically own their own pick or the Clippers pick. So you gave up two picks that are going to be the late 20s. In return, Nick, they got a swap with Dallas in 2028. That feels pretty significant. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a gamble, to be clear. Like, it's a gamble that could pay off in a big way. Like, what are, what are the odds that Dallas's own pick in 2028 is a worse draft pick than 26th? I mean, it's not that high, right? 26th in this upcoming draft, too. Like, yeah. I'd like I mean, to say it's, a, it's Luke, a high percent that you get a better pick, but but also the the Thunder and Mavs could both be top two teams in the West, and it's like oh well, you got to they swap could. one spot, you know. It's I, I I think the the optimist side of me looks at it. The Mavs don't have any more. By picks the way, to the trade. Deal, the, uh, that's Hayward, what I was about to pull up. The Hayward email just came in. It's official. Official. Nice. There it is. Um, the Mavs don't have any more first to trade. Their cupboard is empty. They had to come to the Thunder to get a pick to trade for Gafford today. Like the cupboard is empty for the Mavs. Luca is up in 2026. That doesn't mean he's going to leave, but their ability to go out and make this team better for the Mavericks um, is that it, there's not much ability to do that. So I just pulled it up, Jacob. Uh, when you were saying that, I wanted to pull this up. This is from a friend of the podcast, Kirk Henderson. He actually tweeted this out this afternoon. I found it interesting. 2024. The Mavericks uh, uh, owe the Knicks a top 10 protected pick. 2027, they owe Charlotte a top two protected first round pick. 2028, the pick swap that we just talked about with OKC. 29, the Nets, an unprotected first round pick. And in 2030, a pick swap with San Antonio. Their assets to improve this team is very limited. Not to mention that the year before, the Thunder pick swap would potentially convey, if you want to call it that, it becomes effective. Luka Doncic will be a free agent the year mm-hmm. prior like there's a lot <laughs> that could happen between then and now also I, giving I, up- I i i think i think if <laughs> the luca thing good or bad is going to happen well before 2028 it's either they're going to win titles and he's going to be there his whole career or it ain't going to work and he's going to be gone by 2026 yeah. like, i don't i don't think 2028 is 2028 is so far away. We have no clue yeah. what the league is going to look like then. Dude, that's but that's as that's far as a value move, you traded years. an asset that you know is not going to be a great asset. Yeah. For the possibility of getting a really good asset and a really really high possibility of getting an asset that's at least better than what you sent out. Yeah. The, it, right. Though, that's the other thing. Though it's 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 technically a minus 1 in the total pick counter, not that they need more picks because it would be a swap like it, it, you could move up 10 spots. Mm-hmm. Right? So you're actually trading a tangible pick for the opportunity to move up. So your number of That's picks fair. actually went down. Not that I'm against it. Cause I'm not like, I think, yeah, I think you well, gotta we, we've kind of, of seen them going this route there. They're going, Sam got a shitload of quantity mm-hmm. and now is slowly turning that quantity into quality or potential. And quality. that's awesome. And look like Nick and I have kind of pushed back on the whole narrative because inevitably, at the end of this season, we're going to be talking about, well, actually, that maybe this draft in 24 isn't nearly as bad as everybody thought. That will happen. But that being said, and what's considered a weak overall draft, even if you end up with the same caliber of pick in the late 20s, in 2028, when this team is hopefully at their peak, 
and still competing for championships, like that's still a fantastic asset to have. Totally agree. Uh, let's talk a little bit of things that are like Thunder adjacent. I think the the first one for me, guys, is the Houston Rockets did not make a move today. They are currently sitting at what's their record? Bad. Three games below five hundred. <laughs> Three or four. Uh, Fred Van Vliet is out. Um, as of two days ago, he's expected to be out at least another week. He's a big component of theirs. They made no moves to get better this season, and the Thunder own their top four protected pick. I feel pretty good about the Thunder getting a decent pick from the Rockets this year. With all that's kind of going on, like right now, I think you'd have to bet that the Rockets don't make the play-in, right? Yeah, um, it's going to be close, but even yeah, then, it's I mean, not like it's. I, I wouldn't say it's like likely they're not. Like they're, they're 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 within like what a game and a half of being the ten seed. Like it's like they're out of it with the Jazz for yeah. sure. And the Jazz just traded. Uh, it, that's I mean, another thing. Also adjacent, is, yeah. The Thunder owned the Jazz's top ten protected pick this year. The Jazz have been very good recently, but they sold today, guys. Kelly Olynyk and um, Ochai out the door. Coming in from Toronto was. Who'd they get from Toronto? Gosh, I'm trying to remember now. Um, that deal was uh, Kira Lewis, Otto Porter, and a first. That's right. They also uh, sold on Simone Fontecchio. Mm-hmm. They've traded some some big-time rotation pieces for them. I don't know. Does that signal they're trying to tank and keep their pick? I don't think so. I think they were just loading up on maybe like younger talent, whatever they got off of guys that were expiring this year. Um, But that's something interesting to monitor. Will the Thunder keep that pick or not? And then you look at the top of the West in total of the top four. There's only one other team in that log jam that made a trade. Well, I guess technically the Clippers sent cash to Denver for the rights to somebody. But the only other tangible trade was Minis- <coughs> excuse me, Minnesota getting Monty Morris. Who's also solid. Yes, very good pickup. Great pickup. Yeah. Um, the, the Suns made a move. The Kings did not make a move. Um, I mean, we'll see what the, the Dallas moves end up doing. But when you look at the top of the West, I feel like you've got to feel pretty good about the Thunder in the sense of the picks that they do have coming in from Houston and Utah. And I think of the top four, they're the team that got the most it's weird English, the most better today, the best, <laughs> like of the top four, they got better than anybody else. Okay. Right. Would you guys agree with that? Or is the Monty Morris move more substantial for Minnesota than the Gordon Hayward is for Oklahoma city? I mean, if we're saying that Gordon Hayward, going back to earlier in the podcast, was arguably the best player traded. Yeah, we didn't even mention today. Monte Morris. Right. Yeah. Because he was no he granted was he was yeah, he was yesterday, but still, I mean, it's probably the same tier of trade. And again, even if it doesn't work out, it's not like I mean, the Thunder didn't lose any depth pieces that's going to affect how they've been playing. Um I think that's a, a very fair argument. I think I agree. Yeah, I 
I don't know. I, 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 I think that Gordon Hayward is more significant than like productivity wise, certainly more impactful uh, when healthy. That's not really how the NBA works. It's not like this guy averages more points, rebounds, and assists, so he elevates his team more. For sure. Um, it's it's hard to say. Like, I also didn't view Minnesota as this team that like had this huge voided backup point guard. Like, as soon as that trade went down, like all the national people were like, "Oh, this addresses a concern for Minnesota." Like, like I didn't watch that team and think like, "Man, they just need that backup point guard." Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. Thunder still have two open. <laughs> Excuse me. Thunder still have two open roster spots. Mm-hmm. I was going to mention that. What Maybe that's how we end. I think a two-way guy gets converted. And I could see it being Lindy again. I could see it being Keontae. I could see it being both. Uh, Keontae makes a lot of sense because he was a draft pick in this most recent draft. He's been playing really well in the G League, even if he has not gotten a ton of burn with the Thunder this season. I'd put probably lean that way but i'm curious your all's thoughts like do they just keep an open roster spot do they convert both lindy and Keontae, or do they actually go after somebody in the buyout market and that's where i'm like a little skeptical even though there's some like flashy names out there but i don't see anybody on the buyout market that they would go get who would like be a rotation piece i just don't see it spencer dinwiddie robin lopez Killian Hayes, Danilo Gallinari. Dude, that's the one that's kind of fun. I do think it's interesting though that this the new CBA rule disqualifies certain teams at certain uh, mm-hmm. thresholds to to sign guys that were making more than twelve mil or whatever before being bought out. Because a lot of those teams are the teams that you'd be like, "Yep, that guy's going there," but he mm-hmm. can't. Um, I I think Dinwiddie's kind of down to Mavs Lakers. He's not a real option. Robin Lopez is like fun. He's just interesting, entertaining guy, but like, I don't think he's good at basketball anymore. Like he, he'd be Agreed. a welcome big body for a few minutes a game and like spot. Thaddeus young, Nick, Thaddeus young do anything for you. I said that young as a trade target on our True. pod. Uh, I last wouldn't week. hate that. Uh, I, I mean, I, I also think he's not a great basketball player anymore, but he, he's a big body if you need it for whatever reason. Um, I, I Speaking wouldn't of big bodies. Roddy got traded today. Roddy did. Roddy, Roddy yaddy, 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 yaddy. I would not be surprised. So I, I I do think they will um, elevate one of their two way guys. I would I would think it's Keontae. I, I just think, I think Lind- it's Keontae as well. Lindy Lindy's been up down up down cut. To, like it's 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 too much. Um, I could see Keontae. I I think they'd be okay going into the playoffs with fourteen guys. Like I don't think they necessarily like feel the need to get up to fifteen. Like there's there's a whole lot of scenarios where it's probably better to be flexible. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if there's some G leaguer out there that Sam Presti really likes, and this could be directly signing him to the roster or elevating Keontae and then bringing this new guy into the two way. I wouldn't be shocked if there's some guy that Presti likes that he could sign to a two way on a different from a different G League team that is a big that could play his you know NBA level of serve. He could play every night the rest of the season. He's not going to hit his 50 games. Um. I think we see something like that. Maybe some 10 days with that open roster spot, a rotation of players could be, there could, there's a lot of things you could do. Like, I just, I just think it's, um, it's too early to say, like, I don't think, I don't think it's, I mean, I think you have two weeks to get up back up to 14. Um, so I don't expect anything to happen like tomorrow. It could, it could happen freaking before you get off this podcast, but I don't think it's going to be an immediate thing. 
Jake is muted. Uh oh. Hey, hey, sorry. <laughs> is that all for us, guys? Got uh, a lot of ground. So I'm going to ask a question, maybe to close this off here. The Thunder, I'm assuming everybody believes, is a better team today than they were yesterday. Yes? Is that is that the question? Yes. Question. Okay. That's a question, not the question, right? It's not the question. <laughs> okay. So how many games – it's not going to be like a number 10, but like how many games better in the regular season – do you think this team is if, if you were a Vegas odds maker, because the win totals are going to fluctuate now, let's say it was, I don't know what it actually is. Let's say the win total is 53 coming into the day. What is it now? Does it move 55 oh. Point, game and a half? Can I don't think it? it really moves. I was going to pull up. I, I was doing the it. math today. Let me pull it back up to make sure. Again, not a math teacher. Don't have a calculator in front of me, so don't quote me on this. I was told there would be no math. Uh, Thunder currently 35 and 16. That is 40. How many games is that? 40, 51. Mm -hmm. So there's 31 left. Mm -hmm. All they have to do is go 15 and 16 to hit 50 wins. Yeah. They're not going 15 and 16. Like, they're going to be better than that, right? Like, even without Gordon Hayward. <laughs> if they went, I mean, they could go 21 and 10 and be at 56 wins. Yeah. That's insane. That's absolutely insane. Uh, I had them as a 41 win team for the record. I felt bold preseason and I was saying like 44, 45. They're going to win like 55. Yeah. It's nuts. They're, they're going to go 10 plus over their preseason over under yeah uh and then answer the draft with two lottery picks 40 mil in cap space and have everyone left on their team yeah it's and it's all their crazy. additional assets they're very well set up that's what happens in your patient uh last thing i'll say to piggyback on jacob's long rant earlier about the the backup big or the, the center um it's not as simple as let's go trade for this big who fills the rebounding void it's a push pull. It's a give get. You go get a guy, unless you're getting like the perfect glove guy that he's going to cost you three, four first. Um, unless you go get the perfect guy, you're probably bringing in a Drummond or a Capella or a Gafford or a you name it. One of those like like known to be rebounders. When you when you play those guys big minutes, when you think it's going to like fix the rebound problem, it's also a detriment to the other shit you do really really well. 100%. Can't play as fast. Your floor spacing is not as good. Your, your driving kick game is screwed. Your driving kick. Your, your defense may go down in the case of some of those guys. So it's not as simple as just like trade for a rebounder. Play him 25 minutes a night. Your rebound issues are fixed. Oh, then all of a sudden your pace is down and your efficiency is down and your space. It, it, it's not that simple. Um, there, there are guys out there, to be clear, that can rebound and also play the perfect style in OKC. But those are the guys that cost multiple first round picks, and it's mm-hmm. too premature to do that. Love it. Agreed. Nick, take All us right. out of here. Let's get home. Really uh, quick. Who oh. won the uh the trade deadline? The Knicks. The Knicks. Knicks. That's my yeah. answer. Who lost? Bing bong, baby. Who lost? The Detroit. Raptors or the Pistons? I'm uh, torn what the on hell both. Is Detroit doing? 
I don't know what Detroit is doing. Um, hey, the Lakers didn't make a trade, but that's because who doesn't <laughs> want to be in Southern California? And they're going to trade their three first in the offseason to get a superstar. Big three. Trey Young and Donovan yeah, Mitchell. That's they, right. They're both coming. Yeah, Trey Young's apparently available now. You hear? Yeah. How convenient. Right after the trade deadline. I'm saying. <laughs> Someone in the chat also says Chicago. I kind of agree with that. I don't know what the hell Chicago is doing. One too. That's actually maybe the actual loser. By not doing anything, they are the loser. Also, please don't tweet at us and say the Thunder should get Killian Hayes or James Booknight. <laughs> you're kill- you you're a, the biggest Killian Hayes guy in the draft process, besides Kevin O'Connor. You're the biggest Killian Hayes guy. Yeah, I was kind of high on Killian, but that was the Denny draft. Don't it, was also the, it was also the uh, Halliburton draft. I think you're high on him, too. Oh, yeah. I have good draft takes from time to time. You guys do all this analysis. I'm just a vibes, dude. Oh, gosh. That'll get you far. Well, we will be back with you guys over the weekend. The Thunder have a back-to-back on Saturday afternoon. I think it's a Sunday afternoon. Like, it's a mm-hmm. 2 p.m. Back-to-back both days, 24 hours. Super Bowl. So, yeah, they're... You can't call Smart. that a, a Sega Baba because it's not the second night of a back-to-back. It's the se- second afternoon of a back-to-back. So what do you call that? Is it still a Sega well, Baba? Well, Sega Baba is the second game of a back-to-back. Se- say, S-E, uh, second, yeah, yeah, yeah. game, G-A, yeah. back-to-back. Sega so Baba, still, Nick. So it still counts. It still counts. <laughs> okay. So still a Sega Baba. Um, we'll be back with you guys Sunday night. We so will... The second night of a back-to-back would be Say Ni Baba. <laughs> If it was second afternoon of a back-to-back, it'd be Siaf Baba. I can't go anymore. It's late. I'm tired. I don't don't know what I'm saying. We'll be back with you on Sunday. Hopefully we have our first look at Mr. Gordon Hayward. Um, Shortly after that, we have the All-Star break. Much-needed rest for these guys. Um, Isaiah Joe is snubbed in the three-point shootout. But we will have, what, five representatives there? We got three... Rising Stars, Keontae in the G League game, Shea in the All-Star game. Lots to watch for. We'll have coverage, boots on the ground. Before then, though, three more games. That's it, right? Three more games? Three more games. Three more games. Got you guys covered, and we'll see you on Sunday.